these days we're going through transition. We're always going through transition. We've gone through quite a bit of transition and change over the last couple of years. Uh, the process of uh, the pandemic has uh, brought a lot of change to our lives and we've gone through different uh, sequences of change. Uh, it seems like uh, we're in another period of transition. Uh, I know for myself, uh, as a teacher, starting to teach uh, some live classes, uh, which we hadn't done for a long time, of course, is a significant transition uh, seeing people I hadn't seen doing different things. We're all going through different stages of that transition. Uh, so, but I think it is a, a period of transition. We go through periods of transition in life. This is you know, the nature of life. Uh, we go through changes in our jobs, our work, our relationships are in a state of change and transition. Uh, we always say jobs, relationships, and apartments. Uh, these things are oftentimes in a, a influx and change and transition. We go through just basic changes in life. Sometimes we talk about uh, the, the three parts of life, the beginning, the middle, and the end. Uh, first third, the second third, and the last third. Some of us may be going, entering into or going into the last third of life. I know that's a transition that I've felt over the last few years as I've uh, attained uh, senior citizen status. So, uh, you know, and of course, change is uh, inherent in life, innate in life. Life is a, a process, uh, but change, uh, transition, is difficult. It's difficult. It can be difficult. Uh, uh, you know, life and Dharma practice, Dharma practice, which is a way of living, uh, is a way of living, a practice of, in which we move forward. You know, it's a practice of moving forward. Uh, that's what we're asked to do in Dharma practice, is to be in a process of moving forward, moving forward, moving along the path, right? It's a path. We're moving along the path. You, when you're on a path, you don't stand still. You move forward along the path. You really, in Dharma practice, technically, if you will, you keep moving forward until you get to the goal. You know, until you get to the goal. Uh, so it's a practice of moving forward. But it, it, it's hard for us. It may be hard for us to move forward. There may be fear as we move, move forward. There's inertia oftentimes. Uh, you know, as you move through those transitional stages of life and maybe you're moving into the last third, there may be that quality of entropy where there's a lack of energy. But our practice is a practice of moving forward. It's a path of moving forward. It's a path of change. You know, I always like to say, you know, we're here to change. We're here to change. Uh, we come to this practice, and you know, I would say it perhaps glibly sometimes. You know, if you're in this class, you know, if we think back to the days of 
think about the transitions we've been through with the different groups and classes over the years. I used to say on 14th Street, if you're here, you know, you know, you know, we're here to change. You know, this isn't the place to be if you're if you're if you're not interested in change. Uh, that's what we teach. That's what the Dharma is about. It's about changing. Uh, uh, it's not about stress reduction. I mean, stress reduction is kind of like, I'm not going to change, I just want less stress doing what I'm doing. Uh, you know, and of course, you know, if you practice the Dharma, there'll be less stress, hopefully, uh, and greater ease and tranquility, but our goal is not that. Our goal is to move forward toward a greater happiness, uh, which means change, transformation. You know, and of course the changes that we experience in our practice sometimes and that we go through in life, you know, uh, I don't like to think of our practice in life as being uh, uh, separate. Uh, the change that we experience as we move forward uh, and that we go through, the transformations that we experience, sometimes they're large, oftentimes they're quite subtle. They're quite subtle changes. It's like, I don't watch that TV program anymore, you know? That thing that used to interest me doesn't really interest me so much. That group of people or that person isn't somebody that I hang out with anymore. Uh, that might be a, sort of a mid-range in terms of blatant and subtle. But there's all different kinds of changes that we experience as we go forward and as we move forward. And as we go through this process of transition, if it's with the pandemic or other things in our lives, uh, uh, you know, it asks, it asks for courage. You know, we have to have courage to move forward uh, in this practice and in this life. Now, courage is a very interesting uh, uh, quality uh, within the context of the Buddha's teaching. It's not a term that's typically used. It's not a term that you really you'll find in the suttas in terms of way, the ways the suttas are translated. Uh, in his translations of the suttas, uh, you know, it's not a, a term that Tanisara Bhikkhu would use uh, to describe anything that the Buddha talked about, the word courage. And I, I once asked him about this, you know, and we, we you know, and I, I, in my, in my meetings with him as a teacher, as my teacher, I asked him, and we talked about what courage is in, uh, in the Buddha's teaching, because it was something that I, I really saw a great need for, you know, courage in terms of being able to move through these periods uh, of difficulty and uh, in order to change. And what he said was that courage was a function of truthfulness. Courage was a function of truthfulness. Courage is found under the heading of truthfulness. And I, when, he, when he told me that, I, uh, I, I think I understood what he meant, uh, but, it's, but it's been something that uh, you know, I've often thought about and reflected on uh, it's almost like a, a little bit of a koan, you know? Uh, courage is a function of truthfulness. What does this mean? Uh, it's one of those understandings that we develop over time. Uh, so it's, that might be a good koan for us or a good something to reflect on. 
not so much to think about, but to reflect on, to see if we can understand in the heart what that means. Courage is a function of truthfulness. So I, you know, I'll, I'll kind of offer some ideas about that and what that means today, but I think it's something for us to reflect on, something for us to reflect on. So on one level, and I think that this is kind of like a, 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 the most, the basic, a, a basic level, is that uh, in courage being a function of truthfulness, what this means is that uh, we're truthful with ourselves about our actions. So we look at our actions truthfully and we ask, are they skillful or unskillful? So we, we ask the question, you know, is the action skillful? Uh, we look to, and we look, we look. So it's sort of like asking the question, looking and seeing. So, you know, that's something to kind of think about because, you know, it really is a process that I, I want to say is informed by courage, but it's a, it's a courageous process. It's a courageous process to ask those questions, you know, to look at our actions, to be truthful with ourselves about our actions. And I think if we take that uh, to an even more transcendent level, if you will, the noble level, uh, you know, if we think of courage as a function of truthfulness, it means uh, that in being courage, we're truthful with ourselves, courageous, and having courage, it means that we're truthful with ourselves about how we're living, about the lives that we're living. And this, of course, is reflective of the Buddha's story, the Buddha's story. We all know the Buddha's story. The Buddha had, had all the good stuff that it was possible to have in his time as a, as a prince. You know, he had, he had a good job. He was a prince. You know, he had good relationships. He had a wife and a kid, uh, parents who, a father who loved him. Uh, and he had all the material things that he could possibly want, palaces and all the different sense pleasures that uh, were available to him uh, and available to anyone during that time. Uh, but he, he, he asked the question, you know, how am I living? How am I living? He sought to be truthful with himself about how he was living, you know? You know, this required great courage to ask those questions. How am I living? Am I living in a way uh, in which I'm making the most out of this life that I've been given? Uh, you know, he was very truthful with himself about the way that he was living. You know, and, and what he saw was, you know, I'm living this life which is all based on things that are impermanent. You know? All these things in this, in this life that I'm living uh, are subject to birth and death. They're all going to pass. Uh, you know, why am I spending my, all my time uh, involved with these things that, uh, that are impermanent, that are inconstant? And he 
said it. He, he saw that it wasn't fitting. That, I love that. He, that was the term he used. It's not fitting for me to be so involved with these things that are that are just going to be gone. That are just going to be gone. How am I living? Am I making the most out of this life? Is there a way that I could be living? Uh, in uh, could, is there a way in which I could be living in which I could know a happiness that's greater than the happiness that comes from accumulating possessions and having these different sense pleasures? He was really honest with himself about that. And you know, in being truthful, he 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 looked and he saw it. He said, "No, I'm not living in a way that's fitting." I'm not living in a way that's fitting. I'm going to seek uh, something that's greater than this. I'm, I'm looking and I'm asking the questions. So he set out, of course, in, in, uh, in search of a greater happiness. That was his path. He set out in search of a greater happiness and he found that path and then offered it to us. You know, so his courage to act was a function of his truthfulness. His courage was found in asking the questions. How am I living? What am I doing? Am I making the most out of this life? And he continued to ask those questions as he sat out on the path. I mean, he asked those questions which required great courage great courage to give up the life that he had and to ask those questions. Most people would just, I'm not going to ask those questions. I have it pretty good. I'm not going to ask and, and question myself and say, could I be doing better? Why should I bother to do that? I got it pretty good here. You know? No, he asked the questions and he looked and he saw. And then as he, and as he set out to practice, he, he set out and practiced for, for six years, uh, studying with the greatest teachers of his time. And uh, and he was known as, as, as the best yogi there, right? You know, the best, the best yogi, like the best meditator. And at the end of six years, he said, he, he questioned where he was. He said, have I, have I reached the goal? Can I do better than this? Have I attained uh, the sort of happiness that I think I can attain as a human being? I mean, how many of us would do that? Ask that question. You know, if we were, if we were the top dog on Sunday, in the Sunday morning group, you know? And he said, and he looked, and he said, "No, I could be doing better. I think I, I think there's a happiness greater. I think I can I can I can move forward. I think there's still a way to move forward." And he found the path that we practice, the, the mid, this middle path of developing skillful pleasure, and he and he found uh, insight through developing the concentration. Uh, that we seek to develop, known as jhana, and the insights that came from that, the Four Noble Truths. And he attained uh, the bliss of awakening and enlightenment. And he sat there under the Bodhi tree in a fully awakened state, freed from all uh, clinging. And you know what he did? He asked, is this it? Is this the goal? Have I reached the final goal? Have I attained the final goal? He asked the questions, what courage? Most of us would say, this is pretty good, man. I'm going to hang out in this bliss, right? And he said, you know what? I haven't. 
and sort of his aside was, damn, I thought I was there. But I haven't. I will not reach the goal until I take action that's informed by generosity. This isn't the goal. I got to get up off my butt and go teach the Dharma. And that, then he realized he had reached the goal, and that's what he spent the next 45 years doing, was teaching the Dharma, passing it on. And that's why we're here today, because he kept asking. He had the courage to keep asking and to keep moving forward. We always like to tell the story of his last Dharma talk, you know, when the group that was there was all of his uh, most beloved disciples, and everyone in the group, it said, was at least a stream enterer, which is a very high level of attainment, very high level of attainment. A level of awakening is the first level of awakening. And his last words to them, continue to be heedful, continue to look at your actions, continue to question. I mean, that's what he was saying, continue to ask, am I living in a way that is reflective of all that I can accomplish as a human being. Continue to move forward, is what he said. Continue on, continue on, move forward. Don't sit on your laurels, continue to move forward. That was his final injunction. So, one of the ways that I really like to think about this idea of courage, and, and you know, and again, this is sort of based on uh, this notion of courage as a function of truthfulness that I, that uh, Tanisara Bhikkhu suggested to me lo, those many years ago. Uh, and one of the ways that that process, because you know, for me, has really unfolded in terms of understanding that and putting it into play is that courage is found in asking the questions. Courage is found in asking the questions. Or what I like to say is, uh, you know, the way that it sort of manifests for me is asking, looking, and seeing. So it's asking the questions, but then looking to see what the answers are, and seeing what the answers are. So asking, looking, and seeing. The courage comes, really, though, it begins, it's found in asking the questions. What am I doing? How am I living? Am I making the most of my time? Am I living a life that's an expression of love for myself and others? Am I living in an effort to know tr true happiness? Is everything that I'm doing in support of knowing tr true happiness? The Dharma is a path of true happiness. Am I moving forward? Do I still have miles to go before I sleep? So these are hard questions to ask. Yeah. I mean, most beings don't want to ask those questions. You know, and, and, and certainly most beings don't want to look and see, you know? I mean, I think most beings, it would be too hard for them to look and see. You know? I mean, for us it's hard to look and see, to ask those questions. What we like to do is not so much ask, what am I doing and how am I living? What we like to do is like, how are those other people living and what are they doing? Right? So we deflect our efforts to look at ourselves and be courageous and being truthful with ourselves about ourselves and what we're doing. So we deflect our attention onto other people. 
and look at what that person is doing and look at what they're doing and look at what this is what's going on or we deflect our attention into other things you know if it's the phone or the TV or whatever mm -hmm. it's hard to ask you know what am I doing how am I living am I moving forward am I making the most of this time For most beings, the truth is 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 is, is, is too much. <laughs> you know, the truth is too much. Yeah. The truth is too much. You, know, you get to your end of your life, and you have to look at your life, and you say, "Man, I didn't, I didn't really get up to the plate. You know, I didn't really make an effort to find a greater happiness in this life." I mean, that's that's tough. Reminds me of the, uh, uh, the famous saying by the great Dharma teacher Jack Nicholson. You know, you want the truth, you can't handle the truth. And as Dharma students, we develop qualities that enable us to handle the truth. You know, we're developing qualities that enable us to ask those questions and to look and to see. We've talked a lot in this group over the past weeks about developing parami. I mean, the development of parami, uh, generosity and virtue, uh, these qualities in particular, these qualities of parami put us in position for being able to look at things and ask these questions. And then, of course, the development of concentration, particularly the skillful pleasure that the Buddha teaches us to develop. You know, we develop these qualities that put us in position to be able to ask these questions and to be able to discern what the answers to those questions are. So the more we develop our parami, the more we develop concentration, the more we're able to ask these questions. There's a story that we used to tell, I think Jack Cornfield used to tell it a lot years ago. Some of the some of the yogis who have been around for a little bit longer probably know this story. Uh, some of the yogis who were in our later third, uh, perhaps, uh, it's the story of the, uh, the Tibetan Rinpoche who, uh, who was teaching in the U.S. And uh, uh, you know, Rinpoche is a teacher. These Tibetans, a lot of these Tibetan Rinpoches came to the U.S. in the in the 60s and 70s, and uh, it said that you know this particular teacher would have a large audience often when he came to teach. And uh, this story is apocryphal, perhaps, but it said that the teacher would uh, look out at his audience as he began his teaching, and he would say, "How many of you are here for the first time?" And people would raise their hand, and he said, "Well, you know." It's probably going to be a lot easier for you if you leave now, you know? It's going to be a lot easier to leave now. He said, those of you who've been here before, it's probably too late for you. You might as well stick around. You might as well stick around. Yeah. Yeah, because if we've been coming, you know, and we've started to ask these questions, you know, we've already started to see and understand. You know, we've started to see that we're not living in a way that's fitting. 
That's tough. So it's easier, like, if you haven't been here before, you might as well go home because what you're going to be sort of asked to do in being a Dharma student is to have the courage to ask these questions. How am I living? You know, that's going to be hard. You're best going home. But if you're here already, well, you've already started to see. You've already started to look and see and understand. You've already started to see what you have to do and the actions that you have to take. You've already started to begin to understand that we need to move forward and we need to change. So as Dharma students, we're truthful about our lives. We're truthful about what we're doing and how we're living. And we see what we have to do. We begin to see what we have to do that's going to lead us to true happiness. We begin to see what love is. It's a path of... This is a path of wisdom and compassion. It's wisdom and love, of loving kindness. We begin to develop the wisdom to understand what it is that we have to do that's going to be an expression of love for ourselves and all beings. We begin to understand what love is by asking these questions. And from there we act. We act having come to understand the truth. We act with love, with loving kindness. Now, ultimately, that love, when we understand what it is that we need to do and what actions that we need to take in this life and how we can move forward out of love, uh, you know, we act from there, we act from the place of loving kindness, and that loving kindness supersedes fear, supersedes fear, and enables us to move forward. You know, so it's not really so much courage that enables us to move forward. It's really love that enables us to move forward. But the courage comes in asking the questions, what is it that we need to do that's going to be an expression of love? And they're really, they're very closely related. If you think of the word courage comes, I believe, from the, the, the root coer, which means of the heart, right? Is it Latin or French? So we act coming, having asked the questions and coming to understand the truth of what it is that we need to do so that we can act and live our lives in, in support of true happiness, so we can act out of love for ourselves and others. And that quality in the heart is what guides us and what is what empowers us. That quality of love is what empowers us. But we don't get to that until we're courageous enough to be truthful and ask the questions. So can we be truthful? Can we ask these questions? How am I living? What is it that I need to do to move forward to a greater happiness? Can we have this kind of courage that we find in truthfulness and asking these questions? So let's just close our eyes just for a second.